Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Right, you may have seen me go live for about six seconds and then pop off because I realized I was only streaming in one location. So I had to abruptly end it, restart the cast, and here we are. But anyways, it is Wednesday. That means it's a podcast day. Unfortunately, my guest could not make it today. She's across the world in Australia and something came up. So I'm going to do a solo cast today. And we're going to talk about six ways that you can get or stay fit this holiday season. So again, this is episode number 169. If you are new to the show, if you join me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. That help, helps grow, helps get the word out to more people. And if you are joining me on Facebook, please like and share. And if you are brand new to, to the show, we're all about overcoming obstacles. So getting fit and staying fit during the holidays is always an, an obstacle for a whole lot, whole lot of people. So I'm going to share my experiences, what I do for myself, and also what I help my clients do as well. And so if you don't know who I am, Here's me. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. And today's teachable moment is you matter. You matter a lot more than you think you matter. You matter more than anyone else in your life. Because without you, you can't help anyone else. So you got to put yourself on that front burner. And especially if you're a parent. Because being being a single father myself, yeah, it's very easy to just say, oh, I can't do this because of the kids. I can't do that because because of the kids. And that's not true. You you should be doing it because of the kids. Giving the kids that, that green light that they can prioritize themselves as they grow older. Because they're going to mimic what they see you do. So whatever your big goals and dreams are, you got to go out, go out there and get after it. And that way, they're going to follow in those footsteps as well. So, hey, my niece is on. Hey, Janine. All right. So we're going to dive right in. Because, you know, when I do the solo cast, I keep it short and sweet. 
Because again, if you're just tuning in, my guest today, she's over in Australia, something popped up and she wasn't able to join. So I'm going to do a solo cast and I'll keep it to about 15 to 20 minutes or so, maybe even less, because obviously I do fitness for a living, so I can talk about this stuff pretty pretty quickly and concisely. So we're going to go over six ways to get or stay fit during the holiday season, because the average human, the, the average person, sorry, I got sidetracked, <laughs> uh, gains eight to 12 pounds throughout the holiday season. And that's really from Thanksgiving to New Year's. So that's what, five weeks, gain eight to 12 pounds, but not you, not this time. And so, and I don't want to hear anything about fat shame and blah, blah, blah. You guys know I'm all about fitness, getting healthy. And the people that watch this stuff are people that want to get healthier. And part of getting healthier is losing weight. So, uh, okay, so let's go into number one here. So number one is you got to move, right? You definitely, you have to move. You got to train three to five days per week. And how how we're going to prioritize this is that you have to stop making it optional. Like whenever life gets tough, the, the, the gym membership is the first thing that, that gets cut, you know, before cable, before the expensive cell phone plan, before the subscriptions that, that you're paying for that you don't even use before the five different services you have to watch television, whether it's Netflix and then Hulu, Hulu, then there's Disney's plus, and then there's YouTube TV and then there's cable. So cut out the things that you're not using your body is something that you use every single day, every moment of every day you are using your body. So you got to prioritize training your body, keeping yourself fit. And you don't have to go and spend one to two hours in the gym. If you have 10 minutes, you know, push up squat setups can be done anywhere, whether you're traveling, whether you're snowed in, if you have no equipment, it doesn't matter. Just do something three to five days per week. Number two, drink plenty of water. It's so funny. I hear people say, you know what? I just can't drink plain, plain water. And my response to that is because you're spoiled. Because I guarantee if you were out in the, mil the middle of the desert somewhere and you didn't have any, any hydration with you, the first water you find, you will dive right into it. <laughs> so you have to keep in mind we're made of water. Our bodies need water for circulation, for digestion, like for everything to operate excuse me, optimally, you need adequate water. So ideally, you want half your body weight in ounces. And I, I tell my clients to shoot for 100 ounces because that way you can't fall short. Because I tell people no matter what it is, this is a 50-ounce bottle. So if I say drink 50 ounces and um, I have people do food journals, they'll be like, oh, I did 45, I did 40, I did 38. It's like, no, it's like I want 50. So if we shoot for 100, then, you know, per 100, then you're going to be taking in adequate water. And also, hunger and thirst cues are the exact same cue. So too many times we're actually dehydrated, but then we go and we eat because we think we're hungry. So by having adequate water, you're going to have less hunger cues. Okay, back to the movement. You want to get a minimum of 10,000 steps per day. And so I use my phone to track mine. So if you say, oh, well, I can't afford one of those fan fancy watches, like you really don't need it. You can just put an app on your phone and say, well, I don't carry, carry my phone with me. Find a way to carry your phone if you don't want to buy a watch. You know, again, this goes back to the whole no excuses, shut up and grind. So on my phone, I set my minimum for 20,000. So that way I'm guaranteed that I'm at least going to get 10. And so on, do I hit 20,000 every single day? No, I do not. But I'm guaranteed to be over 10 every day because I set the loftier goal. But I'm usually between 15 and 20,000. So whatever you have to do to get those steps in, like when you go to 
the supermarket or the mall. Like you don't have to park in the absolute closest spot to the door. Like my kids bust my chops all the time because I always park in the furthest spot spot from from the door and get steps in that way. Like stop taking the elevators, you know, take the stairs. So this lifestyle, physical fitness. So there, there's ways to, to get this stuff done. And unless you're working, you know, three jobs, even if, even if you sleep for eight hours and you work for eight hours, there's still eight hours left in the day. So it's all about how you prioritize getting your, your fitness in. Okay, so here's a big one. Positive self-talk. So I constantly hear people beating themselves up and just calling themselves names, calling themselves, you know, I'm a this, I'm a that. And, and that doesn't do anything for you, you know, in a positive fashion. That that resonates in your subconscious mind. Like that's how you actually think of yourself. So when you have a bad day, you're going to fall back on those subconscious thoughts thinking, you know what, this day's blown anyway, so screw it. I may as well just go have pizza and ice cream. And, and then that that's how that self-talk creeps back in and it derails your goals. So, But just by complimenting yourself, taking the time, even in the midst of a stressful day, you can take the time, go outside and be like, wow, the sky looks beautiful right, right now. You know, I call it a proud moment of the day. And I have my clients on my account, accountability group do that so every single day regardless of what goes on in your day at some point there's something for you to be proud of and have gratitude for so doing that every single day will actually help alleviate stress because in the grand scheme of things and i say that say this a lot on this show there's someone that's about to take their last breath who would kill for your bad day you know so we have we have to put it into perspective and Usually when we have bad days, it's really just bad moments. You know, you might you might struggle from eight, eight to ten. That doesn't mean the entire day is screwed because the first two hours were tough. And any which way, no one ever said life was easy. There's gonna be the I deal with curveballs constantly. Constantly. It, it's part of life. It comes with it. And you guys don't ever see me coming on live here and just ranting and complaining. Unless it's about political stuff, because that stuff gets under my skin. But other than that. You know, whatever life throws throws at me, you you just take it because we all go through it. Does, doesn't matter who you are, where you live, how much money you make, what color you are, what what religion you are, what political affiliation you are. We all struggle. Everyone does, but we all but but we all also want to be happy and we want to look and feel the way we want to look and feel. So I mentioned it earlier about the whole shaming thing because I <laughs> I saw a video the other day where this woman was saying that before and after photos is a form of fat shaming. Because your your before photo, you're now shaming that person, and I don't know who comes up with this stuff, but that's such nonsense. It's like the way I want to look and feel is the way I want to look and feel. And I was overweight one time, as those of you who listened to the show know, and I lost forty five pounds. And I, and I look back at that photo. Now I was an all American athlete. I was in tip top shape. And when I look at that photo, it's like, yeah, I can't believe I let myself go like that. And that has nothing to do with shaming. A, I'm talking about about myself. And I, I have the right to look at myself and be like, you look gross. Because that was how I felt. And that's what jump-started my transformation. Because when I'm talking about myself, yes, I'm going to be brutally honest. And I know I just said positive self-talk. But you also have to be realistic, too. And in that moment, from where I was, I did not like what, what I became. And then I took steps. And I made certain that I would never, ever feel like that again. And I haven't. I said I would never even be over 200 pounds, let alone 228 pounds. And even through seven surgeries, even through being a single parent, 
I, I never I never got over 200 pounds. I mean, I sniffed it a couple of times during my abdominal surgery because I really couldn't do much, but I think I got to 197. But still, I was in, in my in my little chair, just like twisting and moving and doing stuff, trying to burn what I could to make sure I didn't get over 200 pounds again. And I was able to do it. So it's just a matter of how bad do you want your goal? Right? That's what it boils down to. I wanted it bad and I did whatever it took to make it happen. Okay, celebrate everything. So we got, see, I don't want to say don't put pressure on yourself because, you know, I put pre pressure on myself all the time. Like my standards for, for my physical performance are always high, but celebrate everything. If I fall short on on something, it's okay. I still celebrate celebrate the, the, the journey, celebrate the, the preparation. And like if I'm going into a track meet, and I'm doing all my work and I'm stretching right and I'm eating right. And I'm taking, you know, whatever I, whatever, yeah, English, whatever I need to take for proper recovery, you know, like my turmeric juice and all that stuff for, for inflammation. And then you get out there on the track and you just don't ha have a great performance. But, I'm, but I, I walk away from that still feeling grateful that at 47 years old, I can still get out there and compete with the 25 to 30 year olds. And a lot of times I win. You know, so it's like, even though this day wasn't my day, this is still great because I, I'm still doing what I love. You know, I trained hard. I gave everything I had just on this particular day. Somebody was better than me. It's all right. You know, so you celebrate everything. So if you if you're drinking your water and you're doing you're training your three to five days, you're getting your 10,000 steps in. But then you get on the scale and it hasn't budged. OK, so just a be glad it didn't go up. And then even if it goes up, just be glad it didn't go up more. And then you say, all right, let me look back on the last week and what can I do differently this week? Because even if you did everything right, that doesn't mean that the scale is automatically going to move. And you got you to gotta remember, too, depending where your starting point is, if you're not starting with a lot of muscle and now all of a sudden you're swinging kettlebells and you're doing push-ups and squats and everything else and you know, your body's going to start to grow its muscles. So you might be down, say, two pounds of body fat, but if you put on a pound of muscle, you know, the net loss is only one, one pound when you get on the scale, but it doesn't reflect that pound of muscle. And so that's where I, I, I tell my clients to take before and after photos because the photos don't lie. So you can, you can go through, say, a 10-pound swing. If you lose five pounds of body fat and you gain five pounds of muscle, you get on the scale, the scale is exactly the same, but then you take measurements and you're down like eight inches, you know, so that's where you have to celebrate everything just because the scale may not have moved. It doesn't tell the entire story of what's going on inside your body, right? So celebrate everything. And if, and if you're doing everything right, just keep doing it because good things happen. Just keep doing it. Like I tell people, if you lose a half a pound a week for 52 weeks, you know, you lost 26 pounds. You know, so so we have to think long term and we've got to stop watching these infomercials where everyone's like, oh, you can lose 25 pounds in 30 days. And, and like, even if you do, A, it's not healthy and it's not sustainable. And losing that much that fast, like your body doesn't understand the concept of dieting or getting healthy. And your body is going to want to recoup those those lost pounds or it's going to slow down your metabolism because it thinks you're starving. So <clears throat> losing slow and steady is the way to go and it's more sustainable because to lose that much that fast like you have to sacrifice everything and you don't have to so when i said i lost 45 pounds it's like i cleaned up most of my eating i i got back to training 
like the way I did when I was an all American, but I still drank, you know, I still had pizza when I wanted it. I still had ice cream and chips when I wanted it. You just have to do it. And I know it's cliche, but you have to do it in moderation, but that's the key. So even when people train with me, I would say, don't starve yourself. Like you don't have to go to, to go crazy trying, trying to lose weight. Cause then you're going to rebound and you're going to rebound fiercely. So if you eat clean, most of the time, and then throw in something you you enjoy along the way. As long as your your calories out is more than your calories in, you know over time you're gonna get to where you want to be. And remember, you're human, right? You're human. You're gonna have bad days. You're gonna have days where you're super stressed out. You're gonna have days where you're just not into it, and that that's okay. That's okay. You know they're called rest days. They're called mental health days. They're called self care days. Self love days. It's okay to take it. So if, if you need a weekend off, you know, to reprogram your mind or to, to get to get back in the game, it's okay. It's okay. Like two days off is not gonna it's not gonna ruin your entire plan. It's not at all. But on those days off, though, you'll still want to hit the ten thousand steps and the water, the water goals, because those are two things that 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 can keep you on the path especially if you indulge while you're taking these, these rest days. So those two things will help it pass sooner and not, not make uh, the weight gain any, any worse. All right. So that's all I have for you. So just to do a quick recap, you know, you want to train three to five days per week. Make sure you drink plenty of water, shoot for half your body weight in ounces. You want a minimum of 10,000 steps for, per day, but whatever you use to track your steps, set your target at 15,000 because psychologically you'll start moving more. Okay, positive self-talk. And, and, and again, it's okay to, to acknowledge ne negative things, but you'll want to work on solutions to those negative things as quickly as possible. And celebrate everything, whether you gain a pound, you lose a pound, just celebrate everything. You know, if you start swinging heavier kettlebells, if you're running further without stopping, just celebrate everything. Because again, that positivity, it, it, it works wonders for your subconscious. And again, remember you're human. You are absolutely human. So, you know, you're going to have days when you don't have it and it's okay. Happens to all of us, myself included. There was a couple Sundays ago, I was supposed to go hike and I sat on my bed and I watched football. It was like, it's like we, we all do it. So don't beat yourself up over it. Thank you for tuning in. That's all I got for you for today. I'll be back on Friday. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Till next time, shut up and grind. I didn't, get you, I didn't get you pregnant. <laughs> no, no, I know. And all of you can get, all of you can, you know, not get abortions and all of that. And I wouldn't if I had to. I mean, I'm glad I didn't have to come in that situation. But yeah. you're right. You can have both. My thing is really, and I maybe it's because I grew up in that environment that yeah. I've become this person who doesn't want to dictate for other people what you yes. should and shouldn't do. Because exactly. I just, I just don't feel that that's personally, I don't feel that that's the right thing to do. Yeah, see, and, and once we get into uh, the workplace discussion, again, that's that plays a role, that mentality, like not that particular topic, but that, yeah. that mentality, because people will have an opinion 
but they won't say it out of fear of someone else's opinion. That's correct. You know, and, correct. and that can destroy workplace culture. No, that's exactly right. And like what I love about what I do is it's my job to understand how people work so that I can build an environment that supports them. Like I, the work that I do, I'm, I'm loving that I'm getting to understand what neurodiversity is. What is that? And what do they need to be productive? What is differently abled? And differently abled is things that you can see physically and things that you can't see, which could be mentally, cognitively, emotionally. And, you know, the, the one thing they all have in common is that they will not say they don't want to be called out for it. Yeah. And the law says that if you need special accommodations, you have to ask for it. Yeah. So yeah. in order to really build an environment of inclusion and belonging, I need to be able to understand ahead of them what their needs are and put it into the environment so they don't have to ask for it. Do you use the personality assessments? I, well, I, I grew up knowing uh, 